Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Heard on FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. Having a return guest, and she's been on for a a different subject, different book. Um, And today we're going to be talking about her newer book called Proof of Life. And we have uh, visiting Sheila Lowe. Thank you for being here, Sheila. Oh, thank you, Al. Happy to be here. So Sheila, now did um, now this? Let's get into to you a little bit. What made you write a book like this? This is um, more in the paranormal field. So, uh, did you have some sort of experiences when you were younger, or did you have experiences that um, influenced you enough to write something like this? I did, and um, before I talk about that, though, I should say. My, my first series is the Forensic Handwriting Mysteries, because I'm a forensic handwriting examiner, so this is a very different way to go. Now, my character, Claudia Rose, from the Forensic series, appears in this book because she and this character met in an earlier book. Um, after I wrote my first four in the Forensic series, I wrote a stand what I thought was going to be a standalone called What She Saw, And this is about a young woman who wakes up on a train pulling into the station here in Ventura, where I live now. And she realizes that she doesn't know who she is or where she's going or where she's come from. And so that book is the story of uh, what happened to her. And, um, you know, things, lots of things happen. So a couple of years ago, I realized I needed to write this new book, Proof of Life. Okay, so now I'm going to go back 19 years 
No, I'll go back further than that. I grew up in a very fundamentalist religion. And um, anything paranormal was strictly forbidden because, in their view, if you talk to spirits, you've got the demons. In fact, my mother doesn't speak to me anymore because, for that reason, because of the religion, because now I'm interested in the paranormal. So, but what happened, so I was going to say, so they really think um, that when you have a paranormal experience, or you are dealing with, you know, ghosts or anything like that, that you're really kind of dealing with uh, the devil or some some de- de- not, <laughs> demon or something like that? Yeah, that's exactly what they believe. And in fact, they te- tell you meditation is bad because if you empty your mind, the demons are going to come in and fill it up. And, you know, I... It, the fourth book I wrote in my forensic series is called Last Rites, and it's about a religious cult that's very much like that one, because I now see it as a cult. Right. And where, where, where did you grow up, and what religion was it, Sheila? Well, I'm from England, but yeah. I, I know I don't sound like it anymore, because <laughs> I've been here for more than 50 years in California. Uh, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, okay. When I was 35, they kicked me out and said I was clearly a danger to the congregation, which I now wear as a badge of honor. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a diverse belief. Um, yes. Yeah, very different beliefs now. And, and I'm so glad. Well, what, do, um, what do they do as, as Jehovah Witnesses? So if you um, are in a situation... Um, where something paranormal happens to you, you know, uh, let's say you hear voices or you see a ghost or something goes on um, to you, what are you supposed to do then as a Jehovah Witness? Are you, uh, like, if you're not allowed to pursue it further or if it's supposed to be a demon, what, what's, what's the answer there? You're supposed to figure out what you've got in your house that's attracting it and get rid of that. Now, that happened to my mother um, on more than one occasion, and one night she was um, she she was living with another woman, um, you know, renting a room from her, and she woke up in the night and heard this knocking on some planks of wood that were laid in the room, and the, she called her friend in, and they both heard this knocking and and so on, and she she realized that that day she had brought in. Um, an old Catholic Bible that somebody had gotten from a thrift store, and so they decided it must be that, and they looked through it, and they found some notations in there that said that um, basically that doing the you know, paranormal things was good, and so they took it outside to put it in the barbecue, and they claimed it wouldn't burn. Oh. So <laughs> I'm sure they must have got rid of it some other way. But that's they, they're terrified of things like that. Wow. Okay. Wow. So so now how how did this affect you as you as you were growing up and you said you were gone at thirty five then as uh, in the in the church. Um, how did it affect how you dealt with um, things like when the paranormal happened and stuff like that? Um, I was curious about it. I'm a Scorpio and. And supposedly, you know, we like the, the deeper, darker things. One one day I brought home a book from the library called the, the Hand of Mary Constable by Paul Gallico. 
and it had this disembodied hand floating around on the cover. Well, that night, my little brother, I, I was 16 at the time, and uh, my, my little brother woke up and apparently saw something dark and a shadow by his bed. He wasn't afraid, but he called our mother, and of course she freaked out, and she decided it must be this book that I'd brought home, and she threw it out the back door, and I had to take it back to the library the next day. But I was always curious about it. I just didn't do anything for a long, long time. So what kind of experience did you end up having that made you get into the writing this series? My daughter was murdered, and I needed to know what happened to her after that. She was killed by her boyfriend, who was a federal agent, and he also killed himself. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, this was in 2000, and when she first met him in 1999, she did uh, what anyone whose mother is a handwriting analyst would do, and she brought me his handwriting, and we talked about it, and he wanted to know what it said about him, and there were some disturbing red flags for pathology. So I talked to him about the fact that he had this strong need to be in control and that Jennifer would not be controlled. Trust me, I had plenty of problems when she was growing up, and she made a lot of bad choices. But by now, she was um, 26, and so... Now, obviously, she was making her own decisions, and despite all of the, the negative things that we talked about, he moved in with her, and, um, you know, it was really difficult, right, for almost from the outset, and eventually, the, they both drank a lot, and there were, he had stress on the job, and there was stress at home, and one thing I found in his handwriting that I asked him about were signs of a head injury, and handwriting can show a lot of physiological issues. So I said, did you have a head injury? And he said, yes, I was hit in the head so hard I was almost blinded, and he was getting treatments for terrible headaches. So there was this physiological component as well, and I saw this as an explosion waiting to happen. There were signs of potential for violence in the handwriting. And so <clears throat> on this one, uh, well, she complained about him in, um, I think it was in December, <clears throat> to his supervisors. Uh, and they talked, <coughs> sorry, got a little frog today. <clears throat> she, they, his supervisors told him that they should split up, but they never followed through. Two months later, she had called me and, you know, she was, they were both always calling me to complain about each other. And finally, she was going to leave him and come and stay with me. That was on a Friday. Uh, Friday night, I was out to dinner with my then-husband, and she called on the cell phone and asked, just asked me to do something. And I said, sure, but I'm, I'm out to dinner right now. Can we talk tomorrow? And she said, yeah, okay. Well, the next morning, I got a phone call um, from an Orange County sheriff's investigator who said, I'm sorry to tell you your daughter's been murdered just like that and um, so I knew immediately what had happened and uh, I just am, had, to, had to know what the truth was about life after earth if there was life after earth and that was where I began my investigation 
And um, it, sometimes it, it takes such a tragic thing because you know, for us to start to explore what is um, what is beyond, what does this life mean to to us and to the, the bigger picture, doesn't it? So in, in terms of I mean, that's a horrific, um, almost horrific way to have an awakening about your spiritual beliefs, Sheila. How did you go about investigating the the almost a thousand and one different beliefs that are out there and and then landing with your own set of beliefs? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I, I started reading books about it and talking to friends who, you know, I had been getting psychic readings ever since I'd been kicked out of the religion. So for a long time, uh, I was sort of going in that direction. And I heard about uh, a particular psychic medium in my area and I don't remember how I found out about her but I had a reading on the phone that went on for something like three hours it was just unbelievable and the things that she said were just oh you know what no I'm going to backtrack on that that happened but later um, I had gone to a psychic medium um, named Brian Hurst into in a group and was very impressed with him. So I had a reading with him very soon after her death. And um, so that sort of opened the way. And I had many readings after that. I went to, you've, you've heard of John Edward, of course, who was very well known and has had TV yeah. shows. And, and before his show started, I'd heard that he was going to be in the area. I'd never heard of him. My sister-in-law said, you need to go and hear this guy. And he picked me out of about a thousand people. He said, um, he had come in late and he said, um, you know, to the audience, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to tell you about my process, but then a little later I'll start bringing through some people. And he said, oh, no, wait a minute. There's somebody rushing to the front of the line that wants to be heard right now. And he pointed in, in my direction. I was way in the back. He said, on, back there on, you know, there's in the back. On the right side, there's um, gunshots. It's a murder. And I didn't say anything, but somebody a few rows behind me stood up and said, it's my son. And John said, no, it's a daughter. And so I stood up. And he started, you know, talking about how it happened in February. And two passed at the same time, and she knew who shot her. And a lot of other things that um, were just stunning and phenomenal. So I've had many experiences like that. James Van Prague came to my house and taped his TV show. And I know that it was my daughter, Jennifer, who was arranging these things. I've, um, I've interviewed James Van Prague, and he's a, he's a lovely, lovely guy. And, yes. um, and I, I've been told I read in a very similar way to John Edwards. So interesting that those two oh. individuals have been um, so important to you. So... Um, so in terms of um, the style of readings that they, they were able to give you that um, validated so much of the information for you, was there, any, was there any point after that that you were still testing that information and, and the belief? Or did you did, was that enough and you just thought, right, absolutely, I know this is my daughter. I absolutely know that this is my belief. And then that led you to then which is for your, your first kind of book? Um, yeah, I, I, because the information was so personal and so specific, 
uh, I accepted it right away. But in, in addition to that, I was having some experiences of her. I saw her cross the kitchen door one day. I was, um, soon, right after she was killed, I mean, you know, within a day or so, I was getting calls on my landline and my cell phone where I would hear a lot of static and I could hear a very distant voice, but I couldn't tell what it was saying. And the radio going up and songs coming on that were important and things like that. So I was really ready to accept it. And I started meditating daily and was getting some good results. But that, at that time, my very first book, uh, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Handwriting Analysis, had come out. And I went on a book tour for, I went to about 10 states over a, a year. And I just kept going and doing a lot of things. And finally, when I stopped, I got very sick. I got mono because, you know, I just really hadn't dealt with things. And after that, I had trouble meditating for a very long time. But, uh, you know, I, I've always now accepted and believe that there is life after Earth and that the people we love are very much involved in our continuing lives. Uh, Sheila, I hope you don't mind me asking, but you, you haven't mentioned um, your your partner, husband, or you, you, the father of your daughter. No. And whether he, his beliefs were the same as yours, or whether he also sought that comfort. No, my her father was my first husband, and he okay. is still a, he's still a Jehovah's Witness. So, okay. so no, I you know he deals with it in his own way. But the husband that I was married to at that time. Um, He's an engineer, and he sort of tolerated it, <laughs> but yeah. uh, we're as, not together as, anymore. As people do when they, they don't have this and share the same beliefs. Right. Um, so, so this, this, this experience, how, you know, incredibly traumatic and painful, but then led you to a new chapter. So it's almost as like your daughter is leading you into this new vocation yes. um, as an author. And... Um, but before we go into that that bit, there's one thing that interests me about your the handwriting and the um, analysis of that. Um, is is was there part of you that didn't want to continue it because you'd almost almost like a medium, you had read the warning signs, hadn't you, for your daughter and her relationship? So is there was was there a little bit that just thought, well, I've got this gift, I, I can do this with the handwriting, and yet it hasn't. It hasn't been able to prevent the greatest of tragedy in my life. No. Nothing about no. you that thought maybe you, you would rather not have known? No, not at all. Um, it, it, I had come to recognize that there was really nothing that I could do uh, for Jennifer. She created a very difficult life for herself. And she's come through many... Every time she comes through um, in a reading, she always apologizes for how difficult she was. Yeah, I make a living as a handwriting analyst um, and a question document examiner, and so, you know, there's no question of me not wanting to do that. It's I'm happy that I can help other people to understand, um, you know, what's going on in their lives and their loved ones' lives, and also the document examination part. I think um, you know, forgive me. I, I certainly don't want to. Um, you'd think that, that question was about could you have prevented it? Because that, I, I don't oh. believe that would have been the case. But I'm, I'm just. Uh, I think I suppose I'm intrigued because, as as a medium, if things happen to my my own family and friends and my and my children who 
I may have had some sort of glimmer about something not being quite right and then not get the information or understand it or prevent something happening. You know, sometimes I, I have been frustrated and thought, why didn't I know that? Why mm. didn't I do more? Why didn't I? So I don't question the belief, but I, I sometimes I question my own perception of it, I suppose. And, and um, you know, you beat yourself up sometimes when you, you know, emotionally, when, when you, you, you can't intervene the way you would like to. But then that's yeah. not fate either. So. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I never thought of it that way. I mean, there's plenty of other things that I wish I'd done differently in her growing up. But um, I know that we all have our own journey, and she chose her path. I did, I did the best I could. Absolutely, as 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 we do, and and uh, you know, understandably and rightly so. You you know, you've identified that that our our young people, our children, our young people who then grow into adults, they they find their own path and they do make their own choices. So in terms of, let's just um, think about your this next chapter that in some ways your daughter's paved for you, which is absolutely fantastic. She's given you um, a new a new venture, This the, the author, the uh, creativity. Tell me a little bit about how you then thought, do you know what, this, this is perfect, this is now what I'm going to do, and found yourself with this amazing ability to make characters jump out of a book. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've always wanted to write, uh, you know, and I've, I've always written. And I used to write uh, back back in the day. My stories were about the Beatles, and I was married to Ringo. So, I've, you know, I've always wanted to write. Um, but I wrote my nonfiction, several nonfiction books first, still wanting to write fiction. And then, of course, I did my forensic handwriting mysteries. Um, but... At the end of 2016, the man that I was seeing died very suddenly of a heart attack. And so that sort of brought all this back again. I'd always thought that I would write a book about Jennifer, and I had a title for it, you know, sort of uh, her biography. But it, when I got down to it, I never really could do it. It was too painful. Mm. So then it occurred to me after my boyfriend died, I started thinking about writing a fiction book about what I know about the afterlife and so I started thinking of a story and it suddenly occurred to me that the book that I had written the standalone about the girl with amnesia that she needed to be the protagonist of the new book her name is Jessica and um, as I was going on then I thought oh the seventh book in the in the forensic series has a character named Sage and I thought he would be the perfect love interest for Jessica. So I started working on this story. And the, the title, Proof of Life, um, it's sort of a double entendre. Because, you know, when somebody's kidnapped, um, they might have you hold up a newspaper to, uh, with, the, with the date on it so that you can prove that they're alive on that day. Mm -hmm. So there's proof of life. So it's a story about a kidnapping of a little boy. And as I started outlining it, I was, you know, I, I frequently go to mediums. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Just because I'm a medium junkie, you know, and I enjoy it. And I was told by several that Jennifer was working with me on the book that she would be not exactly channeling it through me. It's not that easy, mm -hmm. um, but that she would help me with it. And, and it, that's in terms what of your research, what was, what was, what is your view? And without giving the plot or, or, or particular points of your book away, what, what was your, what was your belief in terms of the afterlife? Because even as a, 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 a medium for, for very many, well, since I was born, I am, um, you know, I still hear so many different accounts of what afterlife is, depending on who you are and where you've trained or your mm. experiences. Yeah, well, um, I have been to the Afterlife Research Education Institute symposiums a couple of times. And, uh, you know, I've talked to many people in the field. And I'm because there are so many beliefs, I'm open to what it you know, to what it may be. But I, what I like the best is um, what a medium, Tracy Bolton, who's uh, now a good friend of mine, she said that what she's shown is that it's just like walking into another room. So you close your eyes here and you open them and you're just in another place that's quite similar to here, but better. 
and and I really like that. And I've you know I've, I've read quite a lot. I like Michael Newton's book Journey of Souls, which is about life between lives, and that resonated with me a lot more than even the Bible, you know, which I studied for so long. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? So many different accounts, and um, and then when you, um, I suppose the more I, I I speak to people about it. And then we look at the, the complexities of um, science and um, parallel universes and how um, <laughs> reincarnation fits in there. And, you know, it's, it's just it's so complex and, and we all have to form our own our own view of what this um, this this better life looks like. Um, and of course, it's not it's not too dissimilar to um, Jehovah's in some way, Jehovah's Witnesses, because they, they will say there is this this life. That, that's much better. That's free of everything, and and the lion walks with man, and all of those things. I've I've, I've I understand some of the, the religion. Yeah, um, but that's after the, that's after everybody on the earth has been killed. Right. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> after after the mass murder, a few mm-hmm. are resurrected, and um and, and life is okay. But until that point, you are you are almost your dust until you are resurrected. Um, in terms of the spirituality side of things. Um, certainly, I, I haven't come across the conflict with the, um, the spiritual side of things with um, the, the religion purely because I haven't looked into it in that much that much detail. But it's interesting how we we still have so many um, very strong feelings out there in terms of what it means to be spiritual mm. and uh, what a belief is if you're spiritual. So does it mean you're at one with the earth um, and you're kind of a, almost a naturalist? Or does it, or a pagan, or does it mean that you have a unique set of views that means you feel more attuned and live your life happily in the way you want to, or does it mean you have a spirit guide and you are you are a believer of life after death and communication with those that have passed over? It always fascinates me the different uh, different analogies to what the word spiritualism means. Mm-hmm. I think it's all um, those things. Yeah, all rolled into one. So. Um, so in terms of your your book what would be probably the the most emotive part of writing the book for you so the one bit that really resonated the one piece of learning i don't know just the most important part to you of writing the book hmm i'm not quite sure how to answer that um i'm not sure i understand the question so when when writing the book you will have gone through your own journey because, as you said, there will be some parts of the book that you're you're building characters and you're taking them through with your understanding of, of, of the afterlife. But there will also be parts of your own life and learning that come through and are triggered as part of your writing. So emotionally, you might resonate with particular parts of the book more. Mm. I don't know. You know, I put so much of myself into every word mm-hmm. because... Every single word counts. Maybe, you know, in the opening, I've never had an out-of-body experience. Um, One of my sons has had numerous. I have not. Um, uh, But the the prologue of the book goes back before the first book to the, what you could call the inciting incident, where where Jessica has a near-death experience. She's actually dies in a car crash mm-hmm. and and meets uh, an angel. So, you know, just r- even from the very first page, 
this book was very special to me for obvious reasons. Yeah. And there were questions, you know, there was something, um, uh, let's see, how can I say this without giving away anything, sort of something that happens to Jessica in the book, and I never explained it. And when I turned the book in, my, my publisher said, well, you know, whatever happened about that? And I thought, oh, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to resolve that. So I asked Jennifer, you know, what what should I do with this? What, how can I make it make sense? And the answer just sort of came to me, and it was perfect. And that happened um, in a couple of different places, too. It was just great. And subsequently to... Um subsequent to writing the book and the the success and the more you talk about the book do you um do you hear from jessica more through this experience or jennifer jennifer jessica, jessica's character yeah, yeah. yeah apologies um no i don't think so i mean i know she's around and um even just last week I had a reading with Suzanne Giesman, who is uh, a very well-known medium here, and I, I did. I analyzed her handwriting for her. We exchanged, and she said that um, that Jennifer really enjoys doing this work with me, and that she's going to work with me on the next book. There, there will be another one in the series. So, she's around. She's here. She makes herself known. And do you do you um, do you recognise those um, the signs that she gives to you, or do you think sometimes because quite uh, the reason I'm asking is actually because so many people read into things to be mm. signs that aren't signs. Right. How, no. how do you feel reassured that it's actually her? Yeah, I'm I'm a big skeptic. It, it takes a lot to convince me, mm-hmm. but I have noticed over the past year or so as I tried to get back into meditating that sometimes as I'm going into a meditative state there's a, like a little um, tingling on top of my head like my hair is being ruffled and sort of electrical feeling and then that has happened as I sit at the computer sometimes and and I feel you know maybe I'm wrong but I feel that that is her sign well I'll tell you one uh, an instance last year I asked her would you give me a sign that you're still around and a couple of days went by and I went to uh, um, a networking meeting that I go to and on the back table we can put our wares out there like I'll put my books and this new member had put some little wooden signs that she made and one of them said mermaid crossing well, Jessica, oh, now I'm doing it. Jennifer <laughs> was a big fan of mermaids. And I said, oh, I've got to get that. So when I got it home, I was thinking, oh, it's a sign. It's an actual sign she sent me. And then I thought, mermaids, yeah, that's her. And mermaid crossing, and she's crossed. So that's a sign. That's really great. Well, I, I sent an email to the woman who made the sign, and I told her this. I I thought she'd enjoy hearing it, and she wrote back, and she said, I'm getting goosebumps because I was sitting in the car getting ready to go to the meeting, and I remembered I wasn't wearing my earrings that I wanted to take. So I went back in the house, and on the way back out, passed the table where she'd been working that afternoon and decided to take that sign with her. Wow. So to me, that was a pretty good sign. Yeah, absolutely. 
And uh, have you ever thought about, um, I know we're deviating from the book here a little bit, but it's um, it's fascinating talking to you and about your journey. So have you ever thought about, because um, clearly you've gone through a lot of, a lot of mediums, um, of, of yeah. um, developing the gift yourself? I thought for a while that that was going to happen, and I've taken a couple of courses. Then it just kind of stopped, and, and I think... About a little over a year, well, almost a year and a half ago now, where I live, there was a, an immense fire, the Thomas Fire, mm-hmm. and a thousand homes burned in my community. It was then the largest fire in California history. And after that, I just have had a real trouble getting back into doing the meditation, doing the things that you need. I've been told by a couple of mediums that it was like a, a psychic PTSD sort of thing. So I have to work through it. But, um, yeah, and and I host through the AREI, the Afterlife Research Education Institute, a bi-monthly online meeting for automatic writing because I thought, you know, automatic writing would be a natural for me. Yeah. But I, I haven't been able to achieve it. But I'm working, you know, with these other members, friends on that. So I don't know. I don't know whether I'm supposed to be a medium or not. Do you think, um, I mean, how, how has it helped you visiting lots of different mediums? Because I know that I always give advice. If you find somebody that you absolutely connect with and that that person validates information for you like no other, then stick with the one person because how we perceive information and how we get information it can, be, can feel quite different because mm. it's about our interpretation. So how do you find visiting lots of different mediums do you think it's, it's helpful or uh, do you think you're still seeking a particular style of mediumship no no i'm just curious and i still do go back to the ones that i've resonated with yeah but okay. i just you know when i have opportunities there it's not like i'm going from one to the other i'm not looking for anything because they always except you use the word that i always use they validate my beliefs yeah so. That's a very John Edwards thing, the validation. Oh yes. So certainly, when I was um, when I, I I developed my mediumship, I know that mine is about validation rather than prediction. And mm. whilst there is um, there's an element of prediction in there, it's definitely um, stronger on the validation side of things. And that's for me, who uh, what I think is the purpose of what we do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in terms of so in terms of your um, your book. Um, and all the different characters. Who inspires the characters? Where do they come from? Um, that's as far as well, one of them is based on a minor character is based on the man that I was seeing that died. I'm trying to think back to where Jessica came from. I, she's probably a big part of of Jennifer, mm-hmm. and. Um, Sage is just somebody, he's sort of a, mm, I don't know, an ideal man that I have in mind. He's not a perfect guy, of course, but he's very accepting. And and people really, I've been getting lots of emails, people saying, I really love Sage. So I, I, he wasn't based on anybody particular, just an ideal. And Claudia, who is my handwriting analyst, she's not me but she does the kind of work that I do. 
she's a lot braver than me. So, you know, they're just made up people, but they've become really real. Is there anything you would change about the book? No, I don't think so. I worked really hard on it, and uh, it's it's what I want. It's what I want it to be. And the thing that I really would like is is if reading the story can help people who are not quite sure, and help yeah. them to see. There, because I talked, I, I passed it by a number of really good mediums uh, who said, "Yes, this is this is very realistic. This is exactly like I experience it." Like for instance. There's a scene with a seance, and I sent that to Wendy Zamet, who uh, VictorZamet.com is a huge resource for paranormal things. Her Victor, her husband is or is a retired attorney who researched into the afterlife. And um, Wendy read the scene, and she said, "Oh, yeah, this is okay, but this is this is really how it should be done." And so I rewrote it. And uh, people are always telling me who have been to seances, yeah, this is exactly how I experience it. And in terms of the, um, is there is there an underpinning learning that comes from your book that you want people to take with you? So I know that one is the the reassurance and belief that there is more to to life than than as than we know it here on on this earth level. But what about um, is there any other underpinning message? Mm, no. Not message per se, but I think it's just it's information put into a palatable way. It's like with my other series, people are always saying to me, "Oh, I learned a lot about handwriting from this book," but you know, not being preached to or not like it's a a lesson, but seeing it in a practical way can help people to recognize and understand the things that they, you know, maybe something's happened to them and they think, "Oh, was that, you know, was that a sign or was that?" My my loved one, and we're not sure, <clears throat> and and can help them to uh, better recognize those things. I think one of the things I would I always say to people is, and it really frustrates me big time, is when we see a million and one pictures of um, the bird, the robin, um, <laughs> all over Facebook, and suddenly it's everybody's dead relative, or um, a butterfly, or a dragonfly, or and mm. it, it it makes me chuckle to think how powerful that social media is and yeah. how absolutely mad it is to think that every single person that's passed comes back as a robin and sits in your garden um, and, and I, it just it just it just tickles me really but um but you're absolutely right a sign from somebody has to have validation it has to be meaningful it cannot be um, something that somebody else says well if this happens then this is a sign well that's that's not real because it will be something that completely resonates with you as an individual and only with you. Exactly. And like my mermaid sign, that was Absolutely, very yeah. beautiful. Very and, and, you know, maybe maybe a bird or a butterfly or something, maybe that has real meaning to somebody and it really is a sign. It's just not everybody's sign. No, no. And when we see all those pictures and say, oh, yeah, this is so-and-so, but it isn't, is it? <laughs> it can't be. <laughs> It can't be everybody's uncle, Fred. <laughs> it's just not possible. No. But it's, um, it is about making sure that, that uh, there is that validation. Al, what do you make of all this? Because you're, you're kind of a, a believer, but, uh, um, but also very sceptical. <laughs> yeah, I always, uh, always go through the middle. 
Uh, yeah. No, I think it's great. I think it's just uh, expanding on our own own life. I think that's you know what what life is. Um, Sheila, where do you get your inspiration in writing? Like, do you read other writers, or do you um, do you have favorites? Oh, I I do, and I'm I'm not very well read. I'm afraid I I have a fairly limited circle, and they're mostly mystery writers. Like John Sanford is my very favorite. Michael Connolly, Tess Gerritsen, uh, Deborah Crombie. Um, yeah, I I read critically. Or I try to. You know, the, the thing about a good book is when you're reading it and trying to analyze it and think, you know, what is it that I like about this? And then you forget to do that because it's so good it draws you in. So that's what I aspire to do. That's interesting, yeah. Um, have you ever thought about uh, doing, uh, uh, going to haunted places or old buildings or getting into ghost hunts? <laughs> I think I'm too chicken for that. I probably I still have a little bit of that Jehovah's Witness <laughs> in the back of my head. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know some ghost hunters, and uh, they're not demon-possessed, so maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's just, it's it's funny how that, uh, uh, religions can believe that and uh, and not want to explore it, be scared of it, you know. Yes. You know. So do you have a website or anything like that for people, or do you just uh, sell books and, and not have any social... <laughs> no, I mean, some people have social media and some don't. Like, are you out there? Or I, I do. Uh, I actually have two websites, oh. one for handwriting analysis, which is just my name, SheilaLowe.com, S-H-E-I-L-A-L-O-W-E, because everybody misspells Sheila. Yeah. And the one for the books is ClaudiaRoseSeries.com. Fantastic. And, do, you, do you plan on um, doing a, a, quite a few books in this series? You know, I, I didn't know. It's just like in the first series, I wrote a book. I didn't know it was going to become a series. But now that um, having made what she saw, the prequel to this book, I have to at least write one more. And I, ha I have a title. So oh. I'm going to be going to England in the fall, and I'm looking for a story there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'll have to have a reading with you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, you see? Always welcome. Yeah. Do, do, well, do, do events happen in your life that make you, uh, you go further into the into a book series like this? Like, like, will something happen while you're writing, let's say, Proof of Life or just after it, and that kind of leads you to doing another book? Mm, probably. I mean, the the in the first series, which I always go back to because that's where I have mo most experience. Um, most of them are based on a kernel of truth. Like I said, the fourth book, Last Rites, is about a religious cult, and so obviously that had a lot of truth in it. Um, and and uh, yeah, there I do collect experiences that I might be able to use. They're all fodder, you know. Right. Wow, what an interesting uh, book and subject. And, of course, your book sold at all bookstores and Amazon, I would imagine. Yeah, the bookstores may or may not carry it, but they can certainly all order it. I was at Barnes & Noble here in Ventura last Saturday. They had all the books, but you can, you can ask them to order it if they don't have it. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, we'll have that 
link up on our site as well, so listeners can just do one click and pick up the book while they're listening. Um, very, very good uh, interview. Thank you very much for, for bringing us the, the book and, and letting us know. Uh, Proof of Life, and that's by Sheila Lowe. Thank you for being on the show, Sheila. Thank you for having me. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.